Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. I'm excited to get on this podcast today with Ashish Borkar, and he's an awesome coach. We've worked together a lot in the past, and he's just really excelling in what he's doing. He's bettering himself, and he's really jumping into this career as a professional high-performance trainer and really diving into sports science specifically. And He's getting his education in sports science because he wants to better the field and wants to better himself, and he wants to really deeply understand at, at a deep root level of why we do what we do and so we can better understand um, how to program, how to coach, and how to really get the best outcomes for professional athletes in whatever sport that we or he is coaching in. So this is a great conversation I have with Coach Ashish today. Um, and he is a fun guy that I've met in Hyderabad, India. And man, we dive into some good stuff today. Uh, but before we jump in, real quick, give a like for this uh, podcast or wherever you're listening to it, give a review and let us know what you'd like to listen to more in the future. And of course, if you want to jump into uh, getting online remote coaching with Linfit Coaching, then give me a shout at linfit.com. Let's jump into this podcast. All right, all right. Welcome back to Linfit Coaching Podcast. I'm here with Coach Ashish. Uh, he is an awesome friend. We've been uh, working together off and on for the last uh, couple of years, and uh, but been friends for longer than that. And so we're here to just get on the mic and just talk shop. You know, we don't uh, we don't have a huge plan with this, uh, but I like doing podcasts like this because you're just coming together and we're talking about life, talking about coaching, talking about performance. Uh, so we're gonna jump into some different topics on a couple different episodes here. But uh, Ashish, you have coached athletes from different sports. You've been a, a cricketer in your own personal athletic career. Uh, you love being strong, being powerful, uh, being all around the athlete. You've also uh, showed your good looks on screen a little bit with, uh, <laughs> yeah. with Portal um, as a startup company that you and I worked on together. Um, but yeah, dude, just quality dude, quality trainer. So I appreciate what you're doing. But right now you're doing a, uh, a sports science degree as well. Uh, so man, just always better than yourself. But how you doing, man? Hey, thanks, Kiva, for inviting me to this. I'm talking formally. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good to be part of fitness and, uh, you know, trying to help people uh, improve their life uh, improve their longevity of life actually and uh, even help athletes perform better it's something that motivates you and makes you love what you're doing mm -hmm. uh, yeah life throws a lot of challenges in front of you and i feel that the best way to conquer or even look into life is knowledge and no matter you know how much you have but if you have quality knowledge you can always find ways through it so yeah i'm in my quest of finding deeper knowledge as i grow more into the fields of sports science and even just doing some personal training work with people i want to have the best possible knowledge because science is constantly evolving and you have uh, a number of studies that come out every single day and you have different uh, outcomes of the same studies so you want to be able to use those studies and that knowledge in your training and get out the best uh, 
for yourself and also for the people that you're working with. Hmm. So that's that's something that pushes me to you know keep learning. And you've been a great source of learning for me, Caleb. <laughs> Apart from studies and the books I read, I really like to pick your mind and brain. And uh, that has been working. And yeah, that gives me a lot of clarity and uh, in not just in what we do in our day-to-day uh, coaching thing, but also in life. So yeah, really grateful for this time and uh, even fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've loved, I love getting to uh, talk together. It's, it's, you know, yeah, you find those people that are just refreshing to talk to. They're easy to, to chat with. And I think uh, both of us come from similar backgrounds where we came from being an athlete to being into actually training and educating ourselves to be the best and excellent at that. Uh, and so uh, now it's fun to get together because we're just like, what are you learning? You know, or like, what are you trying? What are you experiencing? What, what's working? What's not? Uh, so we're always wanting to, to level up in what we're doing. But uh, I'm curious about sports science because sports science is, I mean, something I, I'm, I'm doing. I'm head of sports science at Palolo Gopichan Badminton Academy, um, head of the strength conditioning, sports science, and nutrition. And uh, sports science is something that is like this. What? A, how do I? How should I describe it? It's like this thing that everybody wants but don't know what, what it is. <laughs> at the same time, uh, how would you describe it? Um, I'll describe it as uh, strength and conditioning, and you take data and monitoring and you add it and make it one. Mm-hmm. So, as a coach, if you're into data and collecting data of what your athletes are doing or even what your clients are doing on day-to-day basis. A lot of people have their uh, gym workbook where they collect data. Yeah. And it's by the end of the day, a lot of that data just becomes something that's written on the paper. But if you're somebody who's evaluating it and going back and checking out, okay, this is something that I did and I had a response which connects with what I did three months back Mm -hmm. and you're looking into making it more of a significant and recurring change that you can bring into people's life then yeah you're doing you're you're doing sports science because you know science is facts in fact is through data which is proven over and over again two plus two is always four Mm -hmm. so you look at data you look you connect it with the performance and there you are you're a you know, a performance scientist or, or a sports scientist, mm-hmm. uh, but with a deeper understanding of uh, cause and effect relationships for sure. So it changes the way you train, it changes the way you uh, even go about things in, even, in, even in one training session and you can relate to what are the possible outcomes and, uh, that you can have from training. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just didn't think of like why is sports science becoming more and more important these days. Uh, just think about the evolution of sport, um, and you know, me being more of a performance specialist um, rather than a tra- like a body transformation specialist. So I care more about the performance outcome. Um, and early on in sport when sports science was not much of a thing in colleges or uh you know nutrition and physiology like exercise science labs were not even there coaches were just kind of going off of going by feel and don't get me wrong there are still coaches out there who have 
incredible intuition on what works and what doesn't work. Um, But as it has evolved, as studies on exercise science have evolved, there's labs who have dedicated tons of time and research into testing. And like the science of it is, is you have a hypothesis, something that you think could be true, uh, or you think could improve what you want to improve, which is called an outcome. Um, And so you test it, you design a testing protocol and you keep everything as strict and consistent as you possibly can. You have uh, groups that you test it on and you have groups that you don't test it on. uh, So you can see the difference between the two and then you see if it works or not. And that has continually evolved over the years, over the decades. And it's still a relatively young science because it's only like 30, 40 years old compared to like physics, which is like super old, you know? Um, But uh, it's no longer enough to just coach by feel anymore because uh, like the coaches who just go up, who do their training programs, like, oh, this worked for me. So I assume it's going to work for you, whether you're doing the same sport I did or not. Now it's not enough to do that. It's a data-driven field now in coaching strength conditioning and performance uh, if because there's all of these different sponsoring organizations now the athlete needs to know their progress however much or little or lack thereof um, and uh, and so we have to be responsible to be able to show that so now that's why we have all these different wearables and trackers and um, you have to be able to track your data to be able to prove to yourself that it's working and even to the people you're working for um, so that's why the science, the data that you collect is really important these days because uh, it informs your program. And it's, when you're getting to the top of the top of the top, like the highest level, like if what you do makes a half a percent difference, that may be the difference between meddling and not meddling or mm-hmm. getting a silver medal versus a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it becomes a huge important thing these days. Everyone's trying to get a little bit of step ahead of the competition, right? Everyone's trying to be. Yeah. Uh just love this uh, uh, small example that I give myself before I chose uh, to do sports science. For me, uh, having my prime or being primed for a competition would have been, oh, I'm just gonna rest, you know, just rest and go fresh for the performance. Yeah. And uh, now after studies, I've uh, not discovered, but it has come to, uh, my knowledge, not just my knowledge, but it's it's there, it's out there that there are exercises that you can use to prime your body and prime your athlete. Oh yeah. And there are several different responses that you can get. Uh, and so, which means you'll be lifting weights or doing some kind of activity before you even go into the competition. And there on are- On the same day. On the same day. Yeah. And there are proven timings on what works and what not. Uh, if you, if somebody would have come to me a year ago and asked me, hey, you're gonna be lifting 50, 60, or even 80% of your one rep max right before the competition, I would have laughed. Yeah. Because I would have thought, oh, it's gonna impact my performance because I'll be tired. Mm-hmm. But understanding and reading more into sports science, uh, I've understood that, hey, this is not only gonna make me ready for the game but it can actually help me 
get some potentiation that can improve my performance. Yeah. So yeah, there there it is the difference between understanding sports science versus just being a coach who goes by the feel and uh, you know essentially you would just want to have the best tools that you have to help the the clients that you have the the athletes that you're working with. Yeah, I mean the sports science kind of helps you pull yourself out of the coaching experience like pull your own bias out of it yeah uh because you can see like oh what i'm doing is not working or it is working keep doing it um so like uh i think of like the priming for example uh there is a great example of patrick mahomes super bowl champion just won super bowl a few weeks ago um and uh he was training all the way through the season. Like we've discovered in sports science now, because we tracked it, because we've tested it, because we've seen the objective data, there's a difference between subjective and objective data. Subjective is like your own opinion. That's yeah. often influenced by your own life experience. Uh, but then objective is purely based on like technology grabbing data that's something you can't influence with your head. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, he was training throughout the entire season. And people who've worked with him have found that you can even PR mm-hmm. in season. Like you're not getting PRs off season. Like you're actually getting new PR personal records on your lifts or speed agility tests or whatever you're testing in season which means you're peaking at great times. You're training through the season. You want to sort of continually to manage your breaking down of your body and build it back up so that you're not actually what the use, what we used to think in strength conditioning is in the off season, you build yourself up. And so that you're as high as you can possibly be uh, before the season starts. Cause you expect yourself to just kind of go down, down, down throughout the season. But hopefully you end up ending the season a little higher than you did last year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that doesn't make any sense anymore. We've realized now that we, because we've done sports science, we've done our due diligence to actually track what we're doing. It's like, no, you can actually go from here in the off season or you're, whenever you're out of competition and you can continue to train through it, keeping your entire volume in perspective. And you can actually come out of that season ready to keep training and being more productive in your off times. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And even just now, what I'm thinking is uh, a lot of times when literature is produced, it, it's produced based on what is going on at that point of time. Mm-hmm. So I feel when we study strength and conditioning, it's like, hey, you can divide it into phases and this is how you're going to work. Mm-hmm. But there comes Brian Munn who's like, okay, velocity-based training, you don't actually have to go by percentage, but you work with the Velocity. There is a correlation between velocity and percentage, but at the same time, uh, you can work with higher velocities and train as much as you would with percentage. And uh, in velocities, you're considering how you're feeling on day to day, the impact of your performance, uh, which you just finished yesterday. So it's changing. And even now, as you work with badminton athletes who don't have an off season. Right. So where do I fit in my off season hypertrophy work? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the question. If, if, if you're just, if you look at it from just strength and conditioning point, you want an off season with 
with your client because you're like, oh, there's no off season. Where's my hypertrophy work going on? But if you come into a real life scenario and where an athlete is working or playing year round, you want to uh, make sure that they are in a good condition as well. Uh, they, they present good uh, CSA profile and have an, uh, a physique that goes with the sport. I'm not saying, hey, being lean is the best for the sport, but I'm saying what your sport requires to, for you to do on the field is something that comes from the training. Mm-hmm. But on the day when you don't have uh, a season where you can program hypertrophy, you have to actually use what training uh, modalities you have to get the same kind of uh, work and result even in season. And uh, just like you were talking about, like you can peak in season and you can have PRs in season. So that's the difference between uh, looking at it through a point of uh, sports scientist. I haven't become yet, but hopefully become soon. Versus looking at uh, just doing some strength and conditioning where you're f- focusing on, okay, these are my seasons, this is where I'm going to do and divide it into uh, a normal slab or blocks, hmm. right? So it's more practical if you look at it through the eyes where you have data and you can think of, okay, this is a possible outcome of me doing this and this is how I can achieve something that is coming next. Yeah, well, let's let's think about this. Uh, let's try to make it practical uh, for anyone watching or listening to this. Um, let's think about sports science for the common person. Uh, so you're not a professional athlete. You're a young professional, or you're you work from home, or you're just you know part of your family. Uh, but you just want to improve your quality of life. You want to improve your ability to do what you want to do. Uh, that can be called performance in itself. Yeah. Like you want to do what you want to do better, yeah. <laughs> more consistently. Yeah. Uh, what would sports science look like for someone like that? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a really big topic if you think about it. It's uh, so you've got you've got your day to day. Uh, requirements and you wear a variable say Apple Watch which is common nowadays uh, not just Apple Watch but there are different devices that can monitor mm-hmm. and you have data whether you're using it or not mm-hmm. right you wear a watch which tracks your heart rate which tracks your HRV which tracks your resting heart rate and all these things and day-to-day basis whether you're going into that data researching about it or talking about it or not. So you're collecting data, that's one thing. But on a daily life, if you're if you're wanting to improve certain things, hey, I wanna improve uh, the time that I run behind my toddler and not yeah. get so tired, yeah. right? You wanna use the data that you have in some ways to be able to apply it and get a positive outcome out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanna track down your sleep Okay, um, if I, going going on the objective data, if I sleep six hours, I feel good. If I sleep eight hours, I don't feel that great. So behind that objective data that you have, you also have uh, a monitoring device that monitors, okay, today you slept six hours. So why not use the timer to sleep consistently six hours? I'm not giving you a number of sleeping hours. I'm just 
giving an example. So if you sleep seven hours, say for example, and you feel great, let's let's program your day that you can use and sleep seven hours so that you can feel great on a consistent basis. Uh, your heart rate, your resting heart rate, they, they tell a lot about your body and the condition of your body. Uh, not just for an athlete, but for a person who's uh, living and doing their day-to-day -day life. And you can put a lot of lot more into you know perspective about talk, talking about what data people can be using for yeah i feel like a uh, low-tech options that you could do is for collecting your own sports science as just a, a normal average joe um is you could just use a journal or yeah. you know uh some sort of journaling app or something like that on your phone you could use a note or uh if you're part of some sort of fitness community that has a a way for you to log something on an app they use, use that. Um, but uh, low tech is just like, okay, this is something I want to improve. Let's say I wanna work on sleep, like you mentioned, okay? Um, I feel tired a lot. I don't feel like I'm performing as well as I want to. Uh, I deal with anxiety. Those are all signs that you may be not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Um, and so let's say you want to aim for eight hours in bed. So where you are right now is you don't feel rested. You feel fatigued a lot. Yeah. So what I'm going to test my sports science is I'm going to see if I can get eight hours in bed. I'm not talking about how much sleep you get. This mm -hmm. is a low tech option. I'm going to try to get eight hours in bed. I'm going to try to turn the lights off and I'll set my alarm for eight hours later. Uh, if I wake up before my alarm, cool. But after that, you can see like, okay, do I really need that extra cup of coffee? Do I feel energy throughout the day? Do I feel like uh, my anxiety is decreasing? You just journal what you're feeling as you're trying to be more consistent. And if you feel like you wanna write it down, you can like, okay, I got eight hours of sleep every single night this week. Or like only one night I got eight hours of sleep. And yeah. so you can look back and you can see like, According to how consistent I was, this is how I felt. Yeah. And so that gets you some science, some data to look off of and be like, oh, wow, that worked. Or you can say like, I want to be more functional. I'm going to uh, take the stairs everywhere I go yeah. rather than taking the lift. It's an easy thing that uh, can be harder than you think it is. Because <laughs> sometimes, man, I just feel like taking the lift. Especially if you're like me and you live on the eighth floor. Like, whoa, that's a commitment. I was about to mention <laughs> that. I have, I have a rule. I live on second floor, so I, I never take the lift. Even yeah. I'm carrying something, even I'm going upstairs with heavy loads, I don't take lifts. So that's something I live by. But today, while coming to the eighth floor, I was like, no way. I have to <laughs> take a lift. Yeah. Uh, um, but, I mean, other things that you could test is uh, say, like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to get five to ten minutes um, of sunlight in the morning. Yeah. Uh, like pure sunlight, not looking through a window. Or it could be something like, uh, I'm going to try to drink three liters of water every day. Um, or, you know, you could track whatever you want to track. But that, the idea is track it consistently and see how you subjectively, how you feel each day. Um, or you can even bring other people, important people in your life into it. And be like, have you noticed anything different? Um, then more high-tech options is you can definitely get a wearable uh, that can actually track your sleep more accurately. Also, resting heart rate is another good one. Uh, so 
a lower resting heart rate is better than a higher resting heart rate. But to get your personal average, you want to track it for at least a month uh, to get a little bit more of an accurate picture. Yeah. And then you can see like, okay, I know what my average is. Let me see if I can do something. Let's say I want to go to the gym regularly, like three to four times a week. Um, and I'm going to see if that decreases my overall resting heart rate, which shows that I'm improving my fitness. Um, and so that gives you more of a objective data point that can help you see your progress. Yeah. Yeah. Simplest things people have started monitoring is uh, watching the steps. Oh, yeah. Everyone has this goal of doing 10,000 steps a day, which is, which is a great start. Nobody knows where that came from, by the way. But yeah. It's a cool goal. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it actually motivates people to move more. Yeah. I mean, I can see the difference uh, back then when I was doing, when I was working with uh, F45, my average daily uh, steps used to be at somewhere around 12,000. Mm -hmm. Because constantly, four to six hours, sometimes eight hours, I was being on the floor, walking around with clients and talking and then joining them in their activities. But that has significantly declined since I'm just doing personal trainings because or working with athletes because now you're monitoring them with a different level. Hmm. So uh, just saying that, you know, sometimes changes happen and those changes come with some trade-offs, some good things. And uh, if I was someone who was consistent on walking as much, I would have continued to walk. So monitoring something is, uh, you know, it tells you, hey, you know, you're putting on weight slowly but this might be the reason hmm. or you're feeling not so great often are you getting tired so early this might might be the reason that you're not consistent with your sleep or you're not able to expand your day throughout or whatever working hours you want and you're just fatigued because probably you're not out in the sun you're not ex you're not se setting your circadian rhythm or even uh, if someone's tracking and you have your HRV is going crashing down and you might be overworking, overreaching, or if your performance not changing even after being consistent to the gym, then there might be that you're overtraining and now it's not working for you, mm. uh, whatever stimulus you're giving your body. So, and, and for sure that I know is a lot of people are tracking all these variables on a daily basis. Whether you call it sports science or not, people are tracking these data. They just don't know what to do and how to progress into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we could do a whole separate podcast on how to act off of certain data points on yeah. different metrics. Um, but let's talk about. Uh, so we talk about like the common person, you know, sort of a low tech option for getting your own sort of sports science, realistically making small applications one at a time. Uh, to see what change you can create for yourself. Uh, but what about for someone who's on the other end of the spectrum, someone who's a professional athlete? Uh, and so, like to be clear, professional athletes have a whole different level of accountability because they have, you know, it takes an army to get someone to the top. Yeah. And so they have lots of people behind them. They have their sports coaches, they have strength conditioning coaches, they usually have uh, physical therapists or um, also sponsoring organizations 
sometimes multiple of those. Yeah. They have media and everybody, everyone's giving their inputs. Um, plus they have their own parents telling them what, you know, they should do. <laughs> but, uh, what does sports science become for a professional athlete and why is it the same or different for someone who's just like an average person? Uh, you want to see changes, right? When, when you train, okay, I, I would like to clear training and working out first. <laughs> working out just to get out there and sweat is a good thing. It's not bad. Mm. But a lot of times you're not aiming for a positive response. You just want to, you know, get some extra pounds that you have put on off. Mm. You're not looking at significant increase in your vertical gym or uh, increasing the velocity that you're moving. That's that's a common person, uh, average person who's going to a gym. Just want to get out there and move. Just cannot, just want to get out there and move, feel good, and come home and sleep because you're tired. Yeah. With an athlete who's training, now when it comes down to training, training is making your body used to of something to perform better, mm. right? So. There is a word which is performance and that performance is actually trackable, uh, quantitative performance. That's what an athlete is looking for. Hey, my vertical was 26 inches and I want to get it to 31 inches and what workout can I do and how many times can I work out? Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to professional athletes, there are specific goals, uh, quantifiable uh, goals, which they need to go for because that is what's going to get them medals or that's what's going to help them win matches, right? So there is a huge pressure of improving performance and that's why sports science for an athlete or even an elite athlete is so much different from a general, from general population. But at the same time, I would like to draw conclusions that uh, or even bring both of them together saying, hey, it's not so much different. Uh, you want to improve the quality of life. That is your performance. Someone wants to perform at a bigger level. That's their, that's, that's their goal. But at the same time, what you can track and what you can improve on is always driven by science and data. Yeah, yeah. So like, if even if you're like just a normal uh, say like a software employee, but you really want to improve your, your health, like you could still track just as much as like a professional athlete would yeah. if you wanted to maximize your personal health and performance. Yeah. Uh, and that would strongly benefit your career, uh, your normal job performance, because you're just generally healthier. You're, yeah. you're a higher performing individual. And so it gives you more capacity to put your energy into your job. Uh, but yeah, for, professional athletes like because your income your career success is directly tied to your physical performance you have to track everything uh so your weekly performance report is based on what you do physically uh and so uh so we're tracking as much as we can to optimize someone physically and so that can be your resting heart rate, your HRV, which is the variation in the time between each heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that can be your overall training load. We, we track and are open with our entire strength conditioning program. 
the time that they have at each session. We track their sleep. We track their blood work because yeah. we want to see trends. We want to see if anything's out of whack because we're always trying to optimize their their body, their system. Uh, so that's always ready to perform at a higher level. And that one little change, if you find something, a pattern that's off, then you can make a quick intervention to improve that um, and uh, you can improve the outcome of their performance. And so, and all that to say, like those options are totally available for someone who wants to learn, who wants to improve in that, uh, who's not a professional athlete, but they just want to be super optimized. Yeah. Um, they can totally do that themselves. It's just, you'll have to put in the work to learning yourself or hiring a coach in person or remotely to help you interpret that data. Yeah. Uh, but these professional athletes have a team of people behind them to help them do that, where they're trying to do everything they can that maximize their recovery and their performance. So it becomes a data game. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a data game. Even, even what an athlete consumes is driven by data. Yeah. Even what you're giving you a simple example. I was speaking to uh, one of the WT athletes and she's like, oh, I am only eating this food. I'm not going for any carbs. And if you just go back and read, there are similar responses to insulin uh, when you look at carbs and protein in a lot of, in a lot of uh, food uh, chain. Right? When you when you compare the spikes in the insulin, also four calories. So calorie goal for her was uh, could have been completed, but at the same time, what needs to be ingested was being tracked, and what was the response of a certain food was being tracked. Mm -hmm. And now you wear those NFC devices that you can just pinch into your body, and then it can give you uh, the data. So that data, when it actually comes down on a hand of a, say, a nutritionist or a sports scientist or a strength and conditioning coach, and you can look up all the different uh, food items that an athlete is consuming versus the, uh, the spike in the insulin, and then you can compare, okay, this is working and this is not working. That's when you put them on something that is actually working for them rather than just going on the belief system. Yeah. Or even it's highly personalized. So I might be having a different uh, response to something that I'm eating or something that I'm doing versus you uh, to the same food or to the same training, there can be different response. So that needs to be then at, at the level, at the elite level, you need to differentiate or even personalize every single thing for, yeah. for your athlete. So that's why it, it becomes a, a huge game changer when you're monitoring an athlete. Yeah, and that takes an investment from the athlete side, yeah. um, whether it's their team or sponsoring organization or the individual athlete themselves, like whatever it takes to get that kind of attention put on their personal data is a necessary investment if they want to make it to the top because it's very rare unless you are just genetically supreme genetic freak uh very rare will you make it to the top and stay there yeah uh without a team of people who are really helping you gather the data and act on it yeah so um whether that's in person or remotely and so like even something that you and I are getting more into is just more the remote aspect uh, because 
yes, there's amazing performance centers, sports science centers that are around the world who are doing amazing things with athletes in person. But there's also lots of people who want access to great coaches who can program for them and help gather the data and really help them interpret it and make actionable changes to their life, their lifestyle, their habits, uh, their sleep recovery training, everything uh, to optimize their performance and yeah. who they want to be and their, the outcome that they want. Uh, but they just live way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so there is a, a real need for people who want to have access to good coaching uh, who are willing to put in the, whether that's financial or time investment or working with whatever medium of communication necessary uh, in order to do that. And so and that's something that you and I are trying to increase our reach for people who had that motivation and initiative to do what it takes, but may not have the budget for an in-person coach um, or they're just physically not in a location where they can get it very easily or very often. I mean, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Linfield Coaching and Caleb for trying to make sure that these athletes who are in need can uh, reach and uh, grab the opportunity to train with, you know, best coaches in remotely in the world. Uh, at the same time, I come from a very small village. Yeah. And I had no idea, even, even playing semi-professionally, I had no idea that uh, exercise and training can help me perform better. Mm -hmm. right. uh, I started going to a gym because everybody else was going. And uh, the workouts that I did, <laughs> it negatively impacted my performance on the field because suddenly I was big. Mm -hmm. right? uh, and I had muscles which I really loved uh, on how it looked on me but it came at a cost of losing my performance and at that point of time had i known that there is something called strength and conditioning there's something called you know sports specific training i would have uh, been a different athlete or, or i would have had a better or more improvement in my game but not having access to a strength and conditioning coach or uh, a program which could have helped me, I actually lost the opportunities of representing, you know, uh, the state or whatever it could have possibly become. Hmm. I was a promising athlete, but you know, being in a place where I was, it was difficult and not even in the knowledge to go to a strength and conditioning coach and work with them. Yeah. So yeah, coaching even if it's remote is important. Uh, a program that suits you is important. Mm -hmm. Interacting with the coach and checking in every now and then uh, and discussing your improvements, whether you have improved or not is important. So mm -hmm. a check uh, monitoring is really important to, uh, to perform better, to be able to move well, to get out of the competition and stick your head up so that people can look at you and be like, all right, this guy is an, is an amazing athlete, has been doing something and maybe we want to sponsor him to, you know, then move to a bigger facility or sponsor yeah. uh, them to get coaching. 
mm-hmm. because nowadays there are, there's so much of opportunity mm-hmm. if you look out if, if you're someone who stands out there are chances that somebody is looking at you yeah. and they're willing to invest in you but you have to put in the initial work you have to find in what works for you or what kind of program works for you and which coach works for you uh, and find quality That's sometimes good... it's an investment yeah. but uh, yeah it's it's an investment that is much needed if you want to grow that's a great point that you know maybe getting a remote coaching for someone who can really help you take steps forward yeah. in bettering yourself can be a stepping stone stepping stone to getting into that sponsored professional athlete zone yeah. uh, and I think sometimes uh, people can feel like they're stuck like I have to do this and this and this all on my own uh, to try and see if I make it where like who knows how many people could actually be literally competing for a competitive role uh, a competitive ranking or a team position uh, have a better shot at it because they're actually working with a remote coach yeah. and like a remote coach does not expect to keep any of their clients forever yeah. in fact they would hope that clients build the autonomy uh, the independence or get a chances with actual in-person organizations like I'm pumped if I'm working with somebody remotely and they get some sort of sponsorship or like in-person coaching I'm like sweet I'm so happy I helped get you there yeah uh, that's so. that's not just coaching but that's empowerment right yeah you want to empower people you, should, you don't want them to be dependent on you mm-hmm. forever yeah there there are times where you have to feed them literally everything but then you want them to develop their own autonomy mm-hmm. or even get if they can go get get training elsewhere but uh, starting with remote coaching where you can get the quality yeah is really important because that can get you places yeah if nothing else it gives you that base that foundation of when you actually get to that in-person place that strength coach may say thank you to whoever you were working with whether it's with one of us or something else uh because they're like wow you come here with a foundation of quality movement and work capacity and know-how that helps us really build on rather than uh, what I've experienced a lot of times is I'll have to spend sometimes a year or more sort of breaking down what past coaches have taught somebody yeah. or what they've tried to teach themselves yeah. and I have to totally reteach them movement. They don't even know how to move. I'm like, how did you even get to this level? Yeah. You know, like, wow, if you had played a little bit longer this way, you'd be, you'd be injured for and would have to retire from your sport because you just you're moving like crap <laughs> but uh uh yeah all that to say like yeah whatever it takes to invest to get to, to your next steps in your career is is sometimes it's worth investing in a remote coach if that works for you to for the sake of sports science for the sake of advancing where you are right now to make sure you got someone behind you who is not just winging it going off of what personally worked for them but objectively going off of what they are finding the longer they work with you, the more dialed in and personal your program is getting. So good stuff. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to Olympic coaching podcast. I hope this episode was really beneficial for you. 
I enjoyed talking with Ashish today, just uh, getting to talk through sports science, what it is, what it's for, how it influences uh, what we do, and why it should be important for you. And it's something that I'm very passionate about, something that I'm trying to shepherd and lead uh, those that I'm working with by using sports science and trying to be better and better at that to get the best possible outcomes and performance. And so uh, if you are interested in trying to learn about this, give me a shout. You can reach me at caleb.lenfit on Instagram, or you can uh, email me or get a hold of me on the on the lenfit.com website. So thanks for tuning in today. Make sure to give us a rating, a like, um, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.